You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Joel Anthony, Chance Comanche, Joey Devine, PJ Dozier, Matt Fish. Sean Keane, Tito Horford, Jamario Jones, special guests Andy Jewett, Adam Morris, Patreons Mitch Rodericks, thank you Mitch, Charles F, thank you Charles. Thank you, Adam. Musical guest, the Lumineers, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new rib cracking, lug stomping <laughs> episode. Uh, I'm here as always with America's Uncle Dad, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I had seven MRIs today, Joe. We, uh, my puppy jumped on me to wake me up. Uh, I had to get that checked out. I got my shoulder checked out when someone didn't hold the elevator for me. Um, I also had to get an MRI on my feelings um, when a neighbor didn't say hi to me in the hallway. So uh, yeah, it's been rough, but I've been I've been cleared to podcast today, Joey. I suspended your dog. Don't worry. All right. Um, Good. We've got a great episode with uh, our friends from Denver to talk nuggets and some other stuff. Um, 
But before we do that, let's get some, let's do some business off the top. Uh, roundrockpod at gmail.com is where you email us. At roundrockpod is where you tweet at us if you're, uh, if you like Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> Uh, and business by t-shirts at the link in the description. And most importantly, you can listen to Sean's multitude of bonus pods and some other stuff that I do occasionally, or join our discord at patreon.com slash round pod. Um, but without further ado, we had our friend Adam Mares, who I believe is only our second guest who's ever been on the low post. So for those of you listening out there in listener land, you can try and guess who the other guest is, uh, from DNVR sports, uh, and Den knows everything about the Denver nuggets and our friend Denver rack tour producer, writer, comedian, uh, huge fan, Andy Jewett. Um, here are Sean and I talking to them about, uh, Carl Anthony towns and other stuff. Let's go. Thanks buddy. We're here with our friends uh comedian producer uh weed guy radio man <laughs> denver raconteur andy jewett a man of uh many many titles and talents uh and of course from dnvr sports the man who knows the most about the nuggets Adam Morris. I said that before you um, got on. Adam. Yeah, we, we've <laughs> got we've got <laughs> we've got a guy who knows the most about the Nuggets and a guy who uh, who knows the most about Frosty Nugs, Andy Jewett. Um, <laughs> <laughs> weed. All right. Um, Ever guys, heard of it? Yeah, uh, guys, you're Denver Nuggets uh, reporter slash and a fan. Um, how you feeling right now? We're one game in at recording this. Uh, you beat the crap out of Carl Anthony Towns. It was embarrassing for Carl Anthony Towns, but that is par for the course if you're Carl Anthony Towns. It seems like that happens <laughs> 10 to 12 times a year. It's so true. <laughs> just the, even when you miss two-thirds of the season, the other third is just still full of humiliation after humiliation. <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling something I haven't felt before. Confidence in the Denver mm. Nuggets. And mm -hmm. it's a really uncomfortable thing. Like I've just, you know, you get the big game one win, 30, 29 points or whatever. And you're like, wow, that was awesome. But, you know, now the adjustments come. And as I go through all the tape and talk to people and just think about what the adjustments, I'm like, they're going to do it again. I mean, come on. So it's a weird position <laughs> to be in where I feel like um, I feel like I'm missing something. Right. Because of how mm -hmm. certain I feel, you know, about the Denver Nuggets' supremacy in the series. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was interesting just having watched game one and being somewhat familiar with the team, but not like a not not watching them with an eagle eye this year. It didn't even look like they necessarily played th that well for them, and they mm. won by 30. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like I mean Jokic made a lot of great plays, but it was you know, it, 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 he, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel like anybody had a crazy outlier performance in game one. That's no, because they didn't. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what it was. And that's, that's part of the, the confidence. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think oh, too, ahead. it took, oh, sorry. All I was going to say was, I think, you know, they had a two or three month stretch before the all-star break that was kind of like, 
another reason to feel super confident and, you know, with all sorts of combinations of people. And then some of those people got hurt in the last month of the season. And then the combinations were all jacked up. They clinched um, the division or the conference early ish um, with the Grizzlies and between not caring after the all-star break and then getting to the Grizzlies and then not caring again, it looked like, well, are they going to snap back into it? And then, you know, come the game the other night, you know, they, like you said, no, nobody had like a vanguard performance, although Jamal definitely put in a great one uh, or good, mm-hmm. a good, if not great, given the circumstances of being his first playoff game in 1400 days or something. But um, I think they all, the encouraging thing, like Adam was saying is like, and far, as far as confidence is, is everyone contributed, um, yeah. you yeah. know, like I think six or eight, seven guys had double figures. Um, they all showed up and the, you know, what Joey was saying and about Towns, it's like you want to root for all these guys because t- Carl, I think Towns seems like a super nice guy. He's had I agree. tragedy in his life. I want to root for Carl Towns. And yet time and again, he and Rudy Gobert make me think that they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Carl Anthony Towns Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns is like a rare NBA player who seems there's only one other one I can think of who seems like uncomfortable in his own skin in like a Man. really weird way. Like where he's like, I got to do a fake voice at this press conference now. Um, <laughs> you think, well, hold on. I'm on a pull Wait, on the thread. Who's the, other, who's the other guy? Yeah. Hold on real quick. <laughs> Give uh, us a hint. I, I mean, <laughs> I, it's uh, to me, the entirety of what's happened to Kevin Durant since he left the Oklahoma city Mm. thunder has been a man who is like searching for himself. You know Um, what, man? Uh, Yeah. This is great insight. This is actually a good conversation. So here's the thing. I think all of these guys are uncomfortable in their own skin. Almost all of them, all of them, (laughs) like being from being around them and just seeing it. And Carl Anthony Towns is the most interesting because he is the least what he thinks he is supposed to be. These guys all think like, their social media and all all this different stuff. It you get the constant feedback, and we all know that you can get ten compliments and one insult, and the insult's the one you remember, right? Mm-hmm. Well, these guys are getting that on overdrive, and I think that they have that they're there's a mistake to think that you can win people over. You can't. You just can't mm-hmm. win everyone over. And I think these guys have to when they do the training where they teach all the different athletes like. <laughs> the weird uncomfortable lessons of being famous and how to like protect yourself. They need somebody in there. That's like, just so you know, millions of people are going to hate you for no reason. And there's <laughs> nothing you can do about that. Awesome. And don't change who you are to try to appease them. And I think that's what with towns by all accounts, the nicest dude, this or that, the funniest moment of his career to me was last year when they won a game and he had the line, he was mic'd up and he's like, now they have to come back to Minnesota. And it was just like the weakest sounding trash talk anyone has ever heard in your life. And it's like, hey, man, that's who you are. And it's fine. It's cool. Yeah, but you, what you're forgetting is, so you did a high voice for that. Yeah, and then yeah. the, the the interview he gave the next game, he was like, we're going to win every game. Oh, it's, <laughs> exactly. really, it's really fun. Yeah. Oh, this is what you what do when you play. score. <laughs> man, these guys just have to learn, man. They're all going to hate you. So, And I think KD is one who... Again, he kind of is to me himself on social media and stuff. And turns out he's kind of not that cool and he's kind of annoying. <laughs> and I kind of almost like him more for him. Like, oh, there's another terrible tweet from KD, just like me. 
<laughs> yeah, it, I, I hear what you're saying, Joey, though, about him putting on like a almost an affected voice or persona, though. Like he seems like he was like cool, calm and collected until like some some benchmark in the uh, Warriors days. And then he left and it's like there's just been like this sort of vibe of like he needs to like uh, overcompensate by constantly telling us what he thinks about absolutely everything like the rest <laughs> of us. And it's like, if I was like, I don't even know why we're online now. Any of us. Yeah. Uh, other than mm-hmm. maybe Adam for sports. Like there's like, why? <laughs> Our friend Corbin yeah. Smith actually said Kevin Durant is proof that posting is actually the greatest feeling in the world. Oh, it's the, it's <laughs> the biggest high. Yeah. He is a man who has literally posterized people and yet he cannot stop posting. Like yeah. that feels better than actually dunking on a on a Twitter egg is must feel better <laughs> than dunking on a person. Um, I mean, he did. He did say he followed someone's Instagram account because they were talking about uh, suicide, and yeah, Kevin Durant just depressed. silently watched their Instagram stories. For no, months. no, he like DM'd him for three months, like asking, like, "What's that like?" <laughs> like it wasn't like trying to help the guy. It was like I'm trying to figure out what being a depressed person is like. Uh huh. And then, like, and there was wow. not a point where he like turned and looked at his own reflection and was like, "Oh, that's that's what it looks like." Uh, it's yeah. like season one of Fargo, where um, you know he's like just trying to slowly convince people to kill themselves. Yes. <laughs> side hustle. Yeah, he's like, I, I won a ring and I didn't feel anything, but. Maybe if I take a life, the hey, ultimate hey, thrill. Yeah, behind this joke, there's something real, though, because he is the guy that talked about this winning the title and being like, I just thought I would feel something and I yeah. didn't. And it's like mm-hmm. actually a horrifying thought. If you well, and if you remember it. before that, that to me is the like, I mean, I've actually sort of. I believe I described him as uh, the NBA's Mr. Ripley, where he just like becomes <laughs> the people he's around because like in Oklahoma, he was like, I have a Bible in my backpack. Right. right. Like then, my friend yeah. This is yeah. such a great take. Yeah. It's like, just like Brian Kelly at LSU. Yeah. Yeah. This is he, a fantastic take. So oh, yeah, yeah. He'd be like cow- country music and cowboys yeah. and stuff. Is this like, yeah. Uh... And then he goes to, and then he goes to Brooklyn. And he's like, Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> this is the um, best take ever. Um, anyway, back to the Denver Nuggets. Um, my question for you guys, my my biggest question after game one is if Christian Braun fought Kyle Anderson, would that be the slowest fight in NBA history? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think Christian Brown. Brown, uh, sorry, sorry. Um, as, as Adam and his cohorts at uh, DMBR like to call it, we're living in Brown Town. That's right, baby. Um, he, you know, he, he. I feel like slow mo would still be slow and and whatever, but Brown would be like a little like cartoon rabbit man punching super fast. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA man, it's uncomfortable to be an NBA analyst when it because so often you're talking about guys' bodies. We mm-hmm. do this on DNVR. We call it male form corner. But Kyle <laughs> Anderson, Kyle Henderson has a very unique forehead mm-hmm. and Christian Brown has a very unique neck in a way that's always <laughs> distracting when I look at the two of them. And so picking them a fight, they would look like two cartoon villains fighting each other. Definitely. <laughs> Um, my I second think Christian Brown's super tough though. Like he's deceivingly tough. Like you think he's just like an 18 year old from Kansas. Cause that's how he presents, but he's like razor sharp elbows and like wins at everything. <laughs> and like will Dive on the ball. If it's a grenade, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Well, he's pretty tall. He's taller than you think, too. Yeah. So does Kyle Anderson, though. I will say, yeah. I stood next to him, like very close to him the other day for for a media scrum. Mm, it was sick the first brag, time I remember. Yeah, right, I don't know going. if you guys saw that. I was right shoulder to shoulder with him. Adam was at practice today, guys. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but he was also really tall. So I don't know. I will say though, it cracked me up because they get in the fight, right? The little scuffle. And then immediately afterward, they hug out and apologize to each mm-hmm. other. I just thought this was like it was very it was polite. the funniest way for that thing to end of like, hey, man, I'm just going through some stuff right now in this yeah. game. And mm-hmm. it was a guy who looked like a hockey player fighting with a guy with a mentality of a ho- of a hockey player. Like, yeah, if like I would say that Kyle Anderson is the most non-Canadian Canadian, like most Canadian <laughs> non-Canadian in NBA history. What like, another he has great the, take. He has the uh, <laughs> the uh, the he the he feels Canadian. Is what he has I'm Trey saying, Lyles right? energy. Yeah, he yeah, can yeah. say it. It's Trey Lyles <laughs> energy. Trey Lyles. By the way, I remember one time that my favorite Trey Lylesism is, you know, guys always post on Instagram. It's something cool. He would always post like making a model car. Yeah, you know, like the one that you like glue together, and I'm always like, is this really how he would get along great with Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, <laughs> he he he's had like father of three vibes since he was like 21. Because yeah. you see him come into a game, and you're like, wow, this this grizzled veteran, and then it's like, no, he just turned 27. Guys, so true, man, so true. Um, cool. I oh, sorry, go ahead. sorry, I have a, I have a quick question about game one. Um, did Nikola Jokic foul out with with six minutes to go in the game? just because he was bored by the Minnesota Timberwolves or was there a simulcast of some kind of European harness race <laughs> starting uh, late on Sunday that he needed to check out? I honestly think it was a bit of a middle finger to Michael Malone, to be honest with you. Like, I think it was a little bit of like, dude, what the hell is your problem? Why was he in the game? Yeah, yeah was, <laughs> they were up quite a bit. It's because Michael Malone is, people don't know this. Every Michael Malone's a great coach. He has mm-hmm. some flaws. And his mm-hmm. biggest flaw is that that dude never gets out of the red. He is mm-hmm. always in overdrive, just panic like this or that. And I'm sure he looked up and he's like, I got to get Nicola back in there. They just cut it to 27. Like we just had yeah. it to 31 and now it's down to 27 and we don't want this to unravel. It's, it's, it's the most gas tank in the fire for the people that um, are in the engine rather that for the people that are like anti Malone, you know, like he, the trust that he's built, the culture that he's built, all those things are incredible. There are some questions about matchups, X's and O's occasionally, and certainly light leaning too heavily on Jokic that come up all the time. And, you know, there are some games, Adam, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'd say there are 82 games. I'd say there were maybe eight to 10 games minimum where I'm like, why is Jokic in? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, and the answer is because he feels no comfort, and rightfully so, because we blow a lot of leads late in the game, because not just this year, but the last six years, I would say, <laughs> You know, one of their biggest problems is as they get better, they get bored. It's it's like one of their a recurring through line when they're dominating. They're like, all right, we're good. We'll take the last month of the uh, season off. Yeah, and, yeah. Sean and yeah. I are Warriors fans. We're familiar with that. We experienced that phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> but Andy, this is the weirdest detail about Malone, and maybe it was one. Of, it might have been one of you guys that tweeted this out. Huge deadhead. Like that love was, the grateful that dead. Seems does like not. a tweet that we would one of us yeah, would tweet, but I did well, not tweet that. So, I didn't go so to Grateful Dead night. It's one of the only games I missed all year, and I was so mad. So he's a huge Grateful Dead fan, apparently. Like that's wow. like his favorite band, and it's like, yeah, this is a, I think a common thing for CEOs of companies to be like unhinged lunatics. Mm-hmm. That this is their escape is once a year they go to Burning Man or something, you know? Like well, to me, this is Michael Malone in a nutshell. 
It also makes sense to be a Grateful Dead fan when you're a crazy uh, type A lunatic like that, <laughs> because you can essentially find any live recording that they've made in the last 53 years and people are categorizing them in a weird way. And like, there's always guys you can share your list for. And, you know, it's, it, it, it is kind of a, a weird organizational freaks dream. Just, yeah. boot, just dicks picks, you know, <laughs> I'm actually really bummed to learn that, that information because to me, Michael Malone's accent and voice and the way he looks, I always imagine him as the deep voiced guy in like a four man acapella group standing around a <laughs> trash can that's on fire in the uh -huh. Bronx. Really? <laughs> like, oh, this is really like one of the Jersey Cameron. boys. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> he loves the boardwalk. Like yeah, doing like do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. He does seem like he would do just fine at a public school in the Bronx or something. Um, but he also just like oddly and randomly interesting. Like I grew up in Detroit and his sister was in my best friend's school and we never knew. I knew his sister um, when Brendan Malone, his father was the assistant for the Denver or for the Detroit Pistons when they won their championships. And Brendan Malone's like the super respected guy. And like, I didn't know till way later that Michael Malone was or that I, I didn't even know he existed. Um, and so I don't know. He's like a mixture of like Midwest and, and East Coast. No, no, I strongly disagreed. Michael oh. Malone is 100% New York. Yeah. This guy, today he brought up something about, yeah, man, I grew up in the garden, you know, like, like he, yeah. every week he has a, every week he has a new The New York only thing. person he reminds me of is Chris Mullen. Those are like the two. That's like <laughs> so the true. very yeah. specific right. New York Same white voice. guys. They're, yeah, like somehow like, their <laughs> larynx is just constantly oh like has a, a piece of pepperoni pizza. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> Michael Malone is the most New York person I think I've ever met. Such a good life. Halloween costume for Michael Malone. <laughs> uh, well, it's the other thing that's amazing about Michael Malone is everybody assumed he was bald. For years until the <laughs> pandemic, because he was just on fire. He just cut his hair so short that people are like, "Yeah, this guy's clearly losing his hair." When the pandemic comes, he can't, you know, get a military style haircut at uh, whatever place he's going in in Crown Heights, and uh, suddenly it's like, "Yeah, he's got a full head of hair." Like, I'm not losing myself. his hair at all. <laughs> I'm kicking myself that I didn't come up with this take because I've had this thought where I was like, I thought you were bald, man. Now it's like him and Jeremy Piven, basically. And he didn't have to have his hair was not sewn in, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. So also, the other Mike Malone has never eaten sushi. I guarantee it. <laughs> there is no way Michael Malone is getting uh, mercury poisoning because the only thing he's ever eaten is a dollar slice of cheese. Yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> he a chicken palm on special account cheat day. Oh, yeah. the, I eat a bagel once. I eat a I eat a bagel once a year, and it's the water. Um, <laughs> so I did. Did you do you know how he used to work out uh, in the bubble, right? Right. Michael Malone. Yeah. 
please. I know, so, maybe I've forgotten. I, so they, <laughs> I don't know if there's a detail I've retained from the bubble. Uh, See, Adam gotta, might know the most about the Denver Nuggets, but Sean knows the most about Michael Malone. <laughs> I know a lot of I know a lot of stupid things about a lot of players and coaches. So, uh, so they don't they don't have that many spots to work out. But there's this big, you know, at whatever. Disney facility that Ron DeSantis is about to turn into a jail. Uh, <laughs> until then, you know, it's kind of like that because they sort of, yeah. yeah. They kind of had a yard. So they had this um, this big just kind of walking, jogging track along around a fake lake. And so a lot of a lot of people would just walk around it, you know, to get out of their hotel room. Some guys would be jogging. Michael Malone uh, had a bicycle that he rode like did like interval training sprints around the edge of it. And periodically he would jump off his bike, like throw it to the side of the track and drop and do like 30 pushups and get back on it. And he was doing this and suddenly people were seeing him and they were just kind of like, what is this guy do? Like, like it, it was just a weird, insane, um, intense workout, but he, he was sort of surprised, like, that it looked weird for me <laughs> all the time. Can you imagine being trapped at, inside Disney World with Michael Malone for 90 days? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a Mad Lib of night. A night <laughs> what do you think his favorite Disney World ride would be? <laughs> Man, I wish I had a snarky answer for this, but I don't know. Chaos. Right. Doesn't he like wouldn't he like something really like erratic and crazy to get his adrenaline up? Yeah. Oh, see, he lives it with he lives in constant state of red face. Yeah. See, I don't think it's uh, uh, an adrenaline up ride, but I do think because he's full of chaos. It's Mr. Toad's wild ride. And he's just like, this is why you don't drink drive, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't, is that even a ride anymore? I think they killed it. It is is in Los Angeles, Disney World or Anaheim. Um, I think I think they rebranded the one in Florida, and it's like uh, Toy Story or Bugs Life or something. Well, that's lame yeah. because we need to, we need to. Every child should have to know what it's like to get to to drink and drive, and then get uh, sentenced to death by a uh, judge, and then go to hell. Go to hell! You yeah. actually go to hell at the end of that ride. Um, <laughs> Um, Things things certainly have changed in the last 20 years. No no country bear jamboree. Apparently that's offensive, but whatever. (laughs) I want to ask you guys about DeAndre Jordan real quick. Oh, that Um, was not what what the people want. That's what the people want. (laughs) Yeah. Did you feel after game one, when DeAndre Jordan briefly became Clippers era DeAndre Jordan, did you feel a little justified after everyone uh, made fun of that signing for uh, eight months? Were you like, oh, that's oh, great. I feel good now. I don't, <laughs> makes I don't me know. feel better. <laughs> I feel like. Sorry, Adam, I'm going first this time. I, yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, no, I feel like um, I feel like we were all kind of scratching our heads because there were other definitely other large people that were available at that time. He was like our last signing at my recollection. And, you know, after a pretty good draft where we all, um, Adam and I were in Vegas for, oh, well, you guys were too, summer league and all that. Like we saw the young guys 
And, you know, we thought we're like, man, this picking this some pretty good guys. And okay, they're picking up some pieces that are nice. Okay, KCP, that's nice. DeAndre Jordan, it's like, what's he gonna do? And the reality is, is he did what he can do the other night, and that's all he can do. And I don't know, I, I don't want to uh disparage DeAndre Jordan because I think he's a I think he's an incredible locker room guy and mentor, and like he gives the children candy and he seems like whatever. <laughs> Um, it, it, while we're on the subject before, before I shut up on my take, does everyone, I know Adam's seen this, but do you, have you seen what he does before the games? No, no. <laughs> he, he, he takes like a weird blue tackle box and he takes it behind the scorer's table and he points to a child and he goes like this. Uh-huh. And then for, and for then those not on down. video, he's w- he's waving his finger in a real come hither manner. All right, yes. going, <laughs> it looks a little bit weird. And then the child comes and he's like, one piece of candy. It's like yeah. the child is equal as elated and thrilled. And then he gets there and he has this giant box of candy, and they get to choose one piece. Mm-hmm. And he's a millionaire, and it's just really I don't understand it at all. So when he's out for the night, does he put a little sign up that says one piece only? And then yeah. one little bully yeah. kid comes he's in and empties in the box the into his backpack. Yeah, he, okay. he leaves, he's got a funny um, Adam's family hand that grabs the piece. Yeah. And yes, only one per kid. Thank you. It's uh, actually so, what um, Doc Rivers did to keep him from signing with uh, the Mavericks that yeah. one time. He showed up at the house with a seized candy sampler. And then he's like, I'm in for the night, boys. <laughs> uh, but all I was gonna, all I was gonna end with, and I'll hand it off to Adam, is that. But what he does is, is he rebounds and he defends and he catches alley oops and slams him in and energizes the team. And it's super Malone-ish to not play Zeke Naji there, to not play anybody else there. Go, oh, this guy's a 17 year veteran. I'm gonna let this guy dunk it uh, on an alley oop th- from three different players. Yes, <laughs> he does. It's not even that, man. I, have you guys ever heard of the Mongol Rally? Anybody ever heard of this? It'd be really random if you have. It's a car race. You're supposed to buy a car for $1,500 and drive it from like London to Mongolia. So you have to drive it through like like thousands of miles on rough roads and it's a cheap little beater car. Like if you're pick- on, but for other people. Exactly. <laughs> so this is like, if you pick that and you're trying to pick your team, you'd be like, well, I need my mechanic buddy, Jerry. He's just so good at fixing cars. And I need my, my guy who speaks all these languages. I'm bringing him. And you sit there and you go, Wait, I have to be in a car with these people for like four weeks. This would be miserable. <laughs> That's what an NBA season is like. And the Nuggets checked out of all the boxes and they're like, we need to bring some guys that are just fun to be around. And DeAndre Jordan to me is the ultimate. This guy's going to make the car ride way more interesting. And Jeff. Yeah. And Jeff. And like, you know what? We got some guys that have good playlists. They got good jokes. Everyone likes them. And he's honestly, it sounds cliche, but there is a reason that two teams flew to Dallas to lock him inside of a his house back in 2012 yeah. or whatever. It's because that guy is an ultimate vibes guy, man. We even see it that he's maybe the least famous NBA guy who's been in multiple State Farm commercials. <laughs> you know, there's a point when it's like, yeah, it's Chris Paul, Dame Lillard, and then DeAndre Jordan there. Mm-hmm. Because DeAndre's like, yeah, I'll pretend to be afraid of skunks, whatever. I'll, I'll put on a dress. It's fine. Anything, anything for the team, anything for, for Team Jake, you know? He's I've never seen him down, though, like even at practice and stuff, he's just always bouncing off the walls in a way that I'm like, you do need that energy, man, because this job, I mean, it's the best job in the world, yeah. these NBA players, but yeah. it does get monotonous. Yeah. Um, oh, it, unfortunately, it's, it's Sean monotonous. mentioned a State Farm commercial, so I got to do this real quick. Drip, drip, drop. 
Dropping dimes, dropping dimes. Oh, just the worst. All right, keep going. <laughs> um, so, so I have a, I have a question about another Nugget who has really found a home, uh, Aaron Gordon, and he had a really under, kind of under the radar, solid here. Do you think that his uh, his performance this year is based on finally letting go of his dunk contest dreams? <laughs> like has he finally just made peace with I'm never gonna win a dunk contest. Uh no, now I now it's said, just now it's only regular basketball accomplishments. Said at the all-star break, KCP said he would do the three-point contest if they asked, and Aaron Gordon said he'd do the dunk contest if he was in the all-star game. So yeah. I think that in principle, I love what you're saying. But when he got to Denver, he chose the number 50, and it was like Yes, we can. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's number 50 now, <laughs> and and it's, you know, probably the fourth or fifth best-selling jersey, which is kind of a bummer because he deserves a little more street cred than that. But um, Well, 50 is also just like there's something psychological to me where 50 – if you just can't wear 50, man. That's not a number I want to represent. I, it, it's if Jokic wore 50, I'd be like, I'm, I'm buying a Murray jersey. 55, though, good number. 50, you think? you're right. Yeah, I do. I think 55 I is agree. cool. Kimbe. Um, but also it's like double nickels on the dime you know what i mean it's like i can't drive this um 50 to me look i'm a big guy it's a hockey number i grew up getting the 50 i get i grew up getting the the dumb numbers because that's just what they gave the big guys that's why i Mm -hmm. think it's dumb i mean who's the most famous 50 david robinson yes (laughs) again yeah, even that player, is like, but not that cool, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Robinson has the most like I mature mean, energy. It's cool if teachers. you're a troop. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the fifty. I'm I'm looking at this list of famous fifties, and the guy who has number fifty energy the more than more than anyone else, uh, Corey Maggette. Mm, oh man, man, Just that's wild. Worst. He's like he's like too cool to be number fifty. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he was like, not on your team. He was not cool. Corey Maggette okay. was not cool. Trust me. You know what? Uh, he's do you know what cool if you don't have to watch him every night. Um, <laughs> but then you watch him one time and you're like, oh no, this <laughs> is like if if you took everything cool about Carmelo Anthony and removed it and <laughs> left what was left. Well, I mean, he had a great right. body, though, Joey. Yeah. If you guys were to, like, bomb us with some sort of graphic right now, and Adam and I had to do a multiple choice and, and guess which one was number 50, and it said Cody Zeller, Mason Plumley, <laughs> uh, Bob Lanier, and uh, and Corey Maggette, we would not have picked Corey I would not have guessed. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> You know what Corey Maggetti's uh, youth charity was called when he played for the Clippers? What? Uh-oh, Maggettios. <laughs> it really was. It really was. It sounds like I'm making that up. That's really what he called it. That's what Paul Millsap has his name for a charity. That does sound like a charity where you do, like, walk around and hand out candy one piece at a time, though. So. <laughs> it's like Millsap had the vote for Millsap shirt in the bubble and I feel like it was like everyone making the political statements and he's like you guys get it? Yeah, vote it for yeah. <laughs> Remember Napoleon <laughs> The greatest um, thing Paul Millsap did during COVID wasn't even wearing the vote for Millsap shirt either. It was learning magic <laughs> it was he learned to know to do close-up magic um, <laughs> um okay you guys uh jamal murray is he back is he back guys 
<laughs> Adam, go first. I, is that a question that's ever come up this season? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but we have a running bit about it. I mean, we do it every single game. We have the, it's Jamal Backmeter because he's good one game and bad the next, and mm-hmm. that's just been who he is. So um, currently, back. I yeah. like it. I he seemed pretty Brown. back on Monday. Let's like it's a a, sprint, a marathon, not a sprint. Though we got 16 games to win, we've won one of them. There's 15 more games. If that takes 25 games, how does how does Jamal do? And that's the big question. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in terms of confidence, Adam, wouldn't you say that from certainly the beginning of the season to now, it's it hasn't been like up and to the right, but I'd say it's like. Uh, 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 it's so, I mean, this, honestly, it's the Jamal experience, man. I have no idea if this guy's good or not. Like Jamal Murray is the weirdest player, and I watch every single game. <laughs> his, his peaks are obviously awesome, but I say with no confidence. I mean, we were talking. I was talking to some Timberwolves people today, and they were saying Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edward need to be the second and third best player in the series. And I, my instinct was to be like, "That's crazy." And then I was like, "That's probably right, though." I don't know. Yeah. Is Jamal Murray better than them? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, Bubble Jamal is better than Steph Curry, maybe, but I don't know. If that, I don't know if that guy exists outside of yeah. like it's Jamal Murray is such a weird is so is so weird because, again, it's like the last time we saw him really as like a basketball viewing public was the bubble and everyone was so awesome in the bubble and he was the most awesome in the bubble. Yeah. So it's like this weird like grading on a curve, but the curve is everyone starts at an A. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the question is, is like also, you know, he one thing that you can count on him for is if the game is on the line, he's probably going to make a pretty good shot and or he's going to make all of his free throws. Yeah, because his dad like, made he, him do all that yoga. <laughs> his <laughs> yeah. dad was like, hey, it's 4 a.m. Get outside, shovel the walk and do some push-ups yeah. um, in Canada. But uh, yeah, he... <laughs> Like you can always count on him uh, pretty unilaterally when something important is going to happen, but it's like, will his body cooperate? Like from the right before the bubble, I'd say, or that year of the bubble and maybe even a little earlier till the point he got hurt the next season, he was absolutely up and to the right on the graph. And it was like, Oh, he's going to solidify himself as an all-star and this is where we're going. And the last, you know, 18 months. And then now five months of playing or whatever it's like to adam's point like you don't really know but i do like what adam said about the beginning of this podcast it's like i do have sort of a weird feeling like he's he everyone's congealing right now and he his health will hold out but like will he be dominant and be like donovan mitchell i don't i don't know well you don't want him to be like donovan mitchell because that means He's down to the next. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say that means losing to another small guard who was drafted like 80 picks behind him. All right. <laughs> Jamal's cool, though, man. Like, I, I'll tell you, Jamal, his closest, like, his comp to me is Kobe. I know people think that's weird because you think guards are going to be Curry, right? Or Dave or something. Because he likes poetry. But- because he loves poetry um no because he just has great footwork like he's he's kind of a mid-range assassin a mid-range guy likes to play with his back to the basket and a lot of his moves are not the iverson-esque double crossover whatever they're just like good footwork he has really good fallaways and stuff like that and it's when he's good 
it's really cool. It feels good. The yeah. opposite end of that spectrum is Rudy Gobert, who mm-hmm. for a long time was awesome, but nothing he did looked cool. Mm-hmm. He Gobert had that. The, what's that bowler who's a, like? Who do you think you are? I am uh, Gobert. Pete Weber, Pete I Weber, think. and that guy <laughs> yeah. is too cool to compare him to Rudy Gobert. I'm sorry, we can't do that. Rudy Gobert has like <laughs> this was my favorite thing about Gobert is he would like make an awesome game saving block and then do the dorkiest little like hand movements and he'd be like. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. man, poor Gobert. There you is know, Weber and Rudy Gobert though. Both gave a lot of people COVID. I bet. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> a common common ground. Yeah. It just shows that uh, listening to the Joe Rogan podcast every day uh, poisons <laughs> you from being cool from the second you start listening. Don't do it, kids. Um, <laughs> um, okay, who's your favorite new nugget for 2022-23? A guy that wasn't on the team last year. Oh, well, KCP for sure, right? That's good, oh, that's good interesting. Because I'm not I mean, a Nuggets fan, and mine is Bruce Brown by far. It's either – it's one of those two guys. But here's the <laughs> thing. When, pe- when people give Jokic trouble or the Nuggets trouble, it's like – particularly Jokic. But, like, the, everybody on the on Twitter and everywhere else that has no brain in their head thinks that, you know – he didn't play defense last year. He doesn't play defense now or whatever his problem is. And he couldn't get out of the first round. It's like, you guys, this guy had his, the bench was the best player on the bench was Monte Morris. Okay. Mm-hmm. The best player. And then you've got, he's playing with Bryn Forbes and Austin <laughs> Rivers and Facundo Campazzo and, and Will Barton, who just got basically cut by the wizards and can't play for the Raptors. Forbes is out of the league. Faku's out of the league. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so, and so he played. These guys really beat great. Damian Lillard, by the way. Yeah. In a playoffs. I just want to put this on the record. Starting. Starting. But yeah, but like KCP and Bruce Brown are like, kind of like Adam said that uh, Green and DJ are like stabilizing forces on the veteran side. KCP and Bruce Brown. KCP is obviously a great veteran, but like, and same with Bruce Brown, but they, they both have like added an element of steadiness. Although Bruce Brown couldn't find a shot for about two months. He, yeah. he, yeah, has, but that's the Bruce Brown experience. He, uh, but he, he's one of those guys that plays so hard. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It, you know, he, he makes up for it when he's having a shitty two months. Well, he, he also had, you know, eight rebounds a game and uh, 10 points every night and, you know, ignited people with three dunks in the game, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. My favorite players are all six three power forwards, except for Anthony Randolph, <laughs> who was a seven foot shooting guard. All right, yeah, keep going. <laughs> all right, Adam, who's your who's your favorite new guy? I think it's KCP too, but only because it's funny how I you ask me this question and I take the nerdiest reason. I just like the way he plays and fits. Yeah, <laughs> oh, like there's the nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's not, but it's also I don't have anything else to add there because Bruce. I will say this about Bruce: we were joking about the chameleon or whatever, you know, fitting in the KD thing. Bruce Brown's in Denver, going to the stock show. He has all these Stenson heads. It's some even I'm not even this Colorado like the Stenson cowboy hats. He loves Luke yeah. Combs. He plays yeah. golf all the time. Like he's leaning into the Colorado lifestyle so hard in a way that I think is actually, I don't think he's playing a part. I think it's who he is, but it's hilarious to me that he really is the most Colorado person to ever come through Denver. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, if he wasn't a second. pro basketball player, he'd be down at Dirk's Bentley whiskey row, which is oh man, a terrible bar in our <laughs> town owned by a country star every night, just slamming it. He, 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 
You're listing his interests, and I'm like, are you talking about Chris Voth or an <laughs> NBA player right now? Yeah, an no, NBA no, no. player from Boston, no less. Yeah, no, yeah. Bruce Brown loves he 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 like would rather listen to Morgan Wallen and go fishing than like go to the club. Yeah. Well, well, uh, uh, sorry, Eric Gordon, and this drop, you have been replaced. Let's ride. Uh, it's funny with KCP too because um, I just like it when a team just has had a hole on the roster for as long as you can remember. And they finally make a deal and address it. And you're just, it's like, I mean, I can't remember when they had a, a like a playable small forward on both ends, like Wilson yeah. Chandler. Uh, yeah. I mean, but this is different. I mean, this is a guy that's actually a great defensive player and yeah, actually yes. a great shooter. And the thing about KCP that I didn't know, I had no idea what his personality was. I mean, I think he's from Georgia. Like, he's a real quiet Georgia boy. And I just didn't know that. I don't know why I didn't know any of this or had a, an impression of what he was like. But he yeah, fits Will into this Martin, roster real well, too. Will Barton was in his slot. He was wearing pearls and driving a Land Rover and <laughs> taking selfies of himself with shrimp on his chest in a yacht in Estonia. And KCP... <laughs> Is that the up. hot place where all the athletes are going these days? Estonia. <laughs> it's one of them. I think anywhere you can get a big 120 footer, Adam. But you know, I think Marlin and peanut butter about the face. You take a nap, you wake up, and you go, "Hey, I'm in the NBA. I'll take a swim." Yeah. But um, <laughs> but uh, KCP's steadiness is uh highly welcome because Will Barton, like at his best, he's he has a lot of like nuggets records or close to nuggets records like yeah. he knifed to the hole with efficiency and skill for like a while he was injured a lot and he was kind of in a, a distraction his rap album is very bad <laughs> uh, it's on my nuggets pregame list i do do suggest for you to go check out big thrill uh but uh kcp is like an adult who comes in with his fucking lunch pail like paul Millsap did and maybe isn't quite as vocal or I don't know, like paternalistic as as Millsap, but he like, I don't know how you feel, Adam. I feel like the starting five is wildly stable when they're all healthy. I mean, it's it's perfect. I mean, that's what's cool about basketball. We don't talk about basketball enough in the terms of like when five guys all kind of mind meld, how cool it is. We always talk about the individual. That's why the Nuggets, I'm hopeful. I mean, we're seeing this with Sacramento, by the way. And I know we're talking about Nuggets here, but Sacramento, these last two games have been such a great connected team playing connected basketball. Mm -hmm. And you're going like, how are they taking all these punches? It's because it's not one guy taking them. It's a team taking them and they just bounce right back. It's And that's what the Nuggets starting lineup is for sure. Um, it's yeah. not punches, it's stomps to the chest, actually. <laughs> the the chest area. Like, right. um, <laughs> well, uh, what, what one thing ahead, I want to say about Will Barton while he's up is I will say as a Golden <laughs> yes. State Warrior fan, if... Will Barton played the Golden State Warriors every night. He would be David Thompson without the drug, without the drug addiction. That guy Four. scored like 40 points every time he played that's, the Warriors, not funny. in the playoffs. All right, Sean, yeah. go ahead. Oh, just uh, the Kings do remind me of this. And I, I've been enjoying as much as I'm hating that the Warriors are down uh, zero two uh, in this series. Uh, it does. It is nice to see uh, people recognize that Harrison Barnes has just been a really good NBA player for a decade. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's uh, 
kind of he's kind of good at everything yeah uh, i unfortunately when he dunked on clay thompson last night i literally said out loud good for him <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like really we really didn't blame him very much for his bad I, I kind of think that uh, the, the amount of heat Harrison Barnes got when the Warriors uh, lost in the NBA Finals was a little unfair. Mm, yeah, um, especially because, uh, like, the year before he was in the Finals, he was literally better than he was Ray awesome. Thompson. Yeah. The first um, two games of the Finals, he was, yeah. like, the leading scorer on the team. It's, just, it's like, you know, yeah. it's... Uh, it's not Harrison Barnes' fault that Draymond Green... Uh, couldn't help punching LeBron in the nuts or throwing Michael Beasley on the ground in the first round or uh, uh, or playing Festus Azili and uh, do you know, hold on. for do you no know reason what his, and Anderson Verjao in the fourth quarter. Go ahead. Do you know what Harrison Barnes's fatal fly is, though? He's, he's not cool. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's yeah. He's, Honestly, it's like he'd be so great on the Nuggets. Well, he'd be great on the Nuggets. The model UN player. I always thought that Harrison Barnes going to Sacramento was great because he's the only NBA player I could think of who would be psyched to play in a state capital. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he just he wants to go to the. Yeah, you know, check check out the statues and That's you know, so see where, see where literally literally when he was on the Warriors, Harrison Barnes. Held a contest that was watch the season premiere of Game of Thrones oh. with me, and it yeah. was a two part contest. <laughs> One, you had to answer multiple choice trivia about Game of Thrones, uh-huh. and then wow. if you if you got a hundred percent on that, then you had to write an essay 100%. about why yeah. you should watch Game of Thrones with Harrison Barnes, and he That's read incredible. every essay and invited like eight people to his house to watch game of thrones <laughs> i'm sure he saw, served like nutritious snacks uh yeah he, he bruce served. brown is doing that but with yellowstone yeah. uh, <laughs> all his house and he's gonna wear his famous black leather and turquoise hat Uh (laughs) and that contest would just be an oral report he's not gonna make you write (laughs) nla format get out of here he made people write an essay (laughs) um can we talk about a draymond real quickly well sean uh this is joey breaking in from the future Um, oh my god I uh, everything we are about to say with the Denver guys is uh, null and void because late tonight, uh, Draymond Green got suspended. So you know what that means? Uh, we're hearing this drop for the second time. If you want me to be honest with you, I still don't know how much the world may think it blew up. Sparked by the leak of the video, the incident did blow up. It went viral. So, um, Draymond Green had another viral incident, Sean, um, and he is so viral, they put him in health and safety protocols for game three. Yeah, uh, it feels like, I mean, I, how do you judge the tea leaves of this? It seems like there was probably some debate on this, considering that they released the information at 1145 Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, or after this is they'd like already a, reported he wasn't going to get suspended. Well, well, sort they, of. They is it. a little questionable. <laughs> the uh, the the aggregator from Clutch Sports confidently predicted that Draymond would not be suspended. I'm not sure who his source was. Uh, I'm well, going to no, say Shams that tweeted it. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The from aggregator Clutch. from oh, Clutch sorry. Sports. I thought you were. My bad. I. Oh, you thought I was talking about Clutch Points. Clutch yes. Points. Yes. I thought you were talking about Clutch Points. I was like, no, no they're Sean. the they're the art direction kings of NBA aggregation. Uh, no, I just think that Shams's source was someone whose name rhymes with uh, Ditch Call or uh, Draymond Breen uh-huh. uh, yeah. when he he heard that, like. No, I mean, I do. I do think like like it could just be like uh, when the government releases a bad economic report at four fifty five on uh, on a Friday. Mm-hmm. But this isn't even you know, the Warriors don't play tomorrow. I mean, they don't play Wednesday. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, is, uh, this is now that we've Wednesday recorded this. Yeah. In, we recorded this in. uh the three speed force yeah, yeah we, we, we recorded this in three separate parts uh, so, throughout uh, the day <laughs> so a lot of a lot of warriors fans are outraged and I, the one thing i've seen is that people are upset that the report from joe dumars said that it was based on draymond's history mm-hmm. of unsportsmanlike acts acts and i read the article like no we're talking about right now this isn't history this is right now uh that's a perfectly reasonable reason uh-huh. to suspend somebody yep uh, that's that's like that's how punishment works pretty I much since the code of Hammurabi. Yeah, i think people probably expect us as warriors fans to be upset about this and we are in that i think this is maybe the end of the steph curry dynasty it um, could be it, at least it's the end of this particular shape of the di- it's definitely the end of draymond green's portion of this dynasty i would say the end of me a month of me not watching anthony lamb play basketball <laughs> i'll tell you that much that much i know for sure is we are seeing fucking anthony lamb yeah. play basketball in a playoff game on i Thursday mean he's good he's I'm gonna say he's done worse things than Draymond Green has. Uh-huh, That's yeah. all. Suspend um, him. Sus- Joe suspend Dumar, him suspend him right now. Um. But um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, I I want to say like maybe before they actually kicked Draymond out, you and I were texting each other about how we were like, that's 100% going to be a suspension. I was honestly surprised. I mean, the only reason I didn't think he would get suspended is that his boss's uh, 5'4 buddy tweeted that he wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, Do you think he was wearing the leather jacket when he tweeted that, Joey? (laughs) That that leather jacket look he debuted recently? I mean, he certainly was not uh, excited for lunchtime. That's uh, yeah. that's the other version of him. Um, so, Sean. Yes. Uh, you write for a Golden State Warriors blog. I do. Uh, is there a way that the Golden State Warriors don't go down 3-0 on Thursday? Yeah, I mean. Is it? Yeah, there is. <laughs> I mean. Okay. It's, uh, well, I mean, I mean, they. It's not like they lost either of these games by that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's bad that they're getting destroyed by DeMontis Sabonis, but uh-huh. this is also it's the Alex NBA. Len that's actually destroying them. Yeah, the, Plus the, 21 the, in the series. The number one, uh, he's the best top five pick from the 2014 draft now, right? <laughs> I mean, career-wise, Victor Oladipo is better, but uh, right now, Alex Len is the best performer from that group. It's also kind of weird that Alex Len wasn't on the uh, 
on the Kings already. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it feels like, like a he's washed been out there draft forever. pick from it, yeah. it took him eight years to <laughs> land in Sacramento. That's crazy. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. There's only one thing I'm holding out hope for. What's that? It's Jonathan Kaminga sicko mode. That's the I mean, only chance here that I think yeah. the <laughs> For me to be a happy person, that well, is the only thing that uh, that can be that can fix this. The um, other thing is uh, the Warriors dynasty is built on winning games when they're getting their butts kicked on the offensive board. So it's not like that's that different. But uh, I can just see them losing hope very yeah, quickly. That to me well, is the, the problem here. It, but, you know, I mean, they're going to play like they won't have to rest Curry because he has more time off. And, you know, he's still, what, what is he, like plus 14 in his minutes mm-hmm. for the series yeah. or something like that? Like, it's not that crazy. It's just, um, it's not great that they are going to be starting Jonathan Kaminga and then the next big man off the bench is Jamichael Green. And then after that, it's Anthony Lamb or... I mean, it's maybe Anthony you just play Lewis. Patrick Baldwin and just let him shoot threes. Like, I, yeah, come guard I, me. I, come guard I, me on the play. I line. actually think the answer is it's going to be he's going to play a crazy lineup where Andrew Wiggins is playing center, actually. Look, he can do it, dude. He's He's been <laughs> tempered by the fire. He's a better center option than Carl Anthony Towns in these clubs. Um I'm just not surprised. Like, I no, again, the only thing that made me not think this was essentially from, you know, Elon Musk actually labeled the Clutch Sports account um, LeBron Media. And that's, I mean, that's controversial. But, you know, in, the, in this one case, I think Elon might be right. He's a genius, Joey. Um, okay. Are you, how do you feel about Draymond right now, Joey? I mean, my feelings are complicated. <laughs> um. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, he's embarrassing. It's he's embarrassing. That's the main thing. It's yeah. like, I'm not taking anything away from his accomplishments. He's very good. But like, a lot of things about him are very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Number one, probably having a podcast. Again, the yeah. most embarrassing thing yeah. that a person can do. Including but us. Like, including us. We oh, should say d- that. I'm <laughs> definitely including us. Um, But also just... That post-game press conference where he was acting like the victim, and then, like, I don't he know. hasn't and just, podcast yet. Podcast. That's true. That yet. I I'm a little surprised <laughs> at that, but also just um, I don't know if there was a way to not get suspended once he did it, but I will say the way to guarantee he was suspended was to yell pussy, pussy at, at Adam Silver. <laughs> Like, if he just kind of sat down, I could see them just being like, well, he's been punished. They lost the game. That's like, we'll, the, that's he's the on thing. a short leash. Um, Is like, at least to before, before last season, people, I don't think people sort of realized that, like, this, like, preening wrestling heel Draymond is like a new development. That is a this. new thing because he would do things, but he wouldn't, like, dance in a guy's face after that yeah, and or like demand that the crowd spit on him or whatever yeah. like he's like a... that that lebron again the 2016 lebron play is a play where lebron kind of stepped over him 
and it's almost unnoticeable. He does hit LeBron in the nuts. Don't get me wrong, yes. but he's not necessarily trying to hit him in the nuts. anyway. But that that just ends with the players being separated like a normal NBA play, and then the game just kind of continues. Yeah. He's and not even like, when he kicked Stephen Ball, uh, Stephen Adams in the balls like several times, he wasn't yeah. like then. Then he was like, like standing like over he him. Wasn't or... like, uh, he wasn't like T.O. on the uh, Dallas star, <laughs> the Dallas, the, the Dallas Cowboys star to the crowd after he did it. You yeah, know? he started doing things that are like if the Washington Generals had like a hard R reboot. You know, where things he's doing are almost like pranks when he's like sitting on a guy, but then he's like calling him a pussy and kneeing him in the balls. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and so I think, I think this is actually very similar to what happened to the Dallas Mavericks actually is that Adam Silver doesn't like being embarrassed and the Mavericks could have gotten away with their blatant tanking if Mark Cuban wasn't on the sidelines, like pumping his fist when they missed right. game tying shots, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's arbitrary, but also I'm kind of like fair, you know, <laughs> uh, don't do that. Like, like don't make it worse for yourself. And I don't know. It's, it's also like, he's not quite as good anymore. That and so he just doesn't the have thing, the leash. Like, like overcompensating for kind of being bad sometimes like he's not yeah it's and it's like a strange thing where it's like i don't know actually in this episode adam mars makes a point about how everyone in the nba is actually uh completely self-conscious and now that i'm thinking about it oh this behavior is him like covering up the fact that he's not good enough anymore huh <laughs> and, and like embarrassed about what he did yeah yeah, you know yeah. What i mean like he I'm pretty sure he regretted that like a couple seconds afterwards, but it's just not in him to not yeah. wave on the crowd. And I, you know, I guess it's probably easier for his self image to be a victim of the league or Sabonis or whatever, but uh, yeah, not great. Um, do you think Joey that he will be, so in, in famously in the 2016 finals, he watched game five from the Oakland Coliseum across the street from the arena. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out where that would be at the at the Chase Center. I believe it would be the Giants game, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not close. now. it would have to be like, I think it's. Um, well, he was only there. What's that? There what's was that burger place? The what's... Finals and he needed to go run. And uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh... super duper. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's the no, something the, roadhouse. It's like a G, right? Um, uh, well, he'll be in Thrive Thrive City or whatever that. He'll be in Thrive. Name. He'll be somewhere in Thrive City. That's yeah, yeah. True. In <laughs> Which, order to God's roadside. That's where I think he'll be. Um, for for listeners, we haven't ever talked about this yet. The Golden State Warriors are so depressing that they have named the area of their new arena thrive city and you're like mm -hmm. why thrive city and it's because that is kaiser permanente the health insurer uh their thing is thrive they th do mm -hmm. thrive stuff so very cool love it well um, joey tyler florence does have a modern american steakhouse there oh, so it could be that 
They could be at Harmonic Brewery. He could be at Mission Bay Wine Bar. He's friends with LeBron. We know that LeBron is a wineaholic. Or he might just be at uh, the Chase Branch, which is, you know, has a lot of ATMs, actually. It's pretty impressive. All right, Joey, what's your prediction for game three? I actually think the Warriors win by like eight. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're actually going to win. And then they might drop game four. And then they're going to drop game four. Yeah. And by the way, they the, oh, breaking news, breaking news. I'm sorry. Oh, the Kings say that DeMontis Sabonis is questionable for game three. Uh-huh with a sternum contusion. Maybe, well, you know what? Maybe that's why the NBA suspended him late is they found out that Demonis Sabonis is actually hurt. Yeah, like he can't take a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were like, yeah, he doesn't have an x-ray. But also someone stepped on his chest who weighs <laughs> 250 pounds. So I also, uh, just on a personal note, Joey, I woke up this morning and I had done uh, 18 push-ups before bed, not bragging. And then uh, at one point, the dog had fallen asleep on my left arm and I woke up and my chest was so sore. And I was like, I feel like Sabonis right now. (laughs) So, uh, again, we've suspended my dog, obviously, you know, noir, you're in the dog. Anyway, here's back to us with the Denver dudes discussing this before this news came out. And yeah. uh, before this news went so viral. If you want me to be honest with you, I still don't know how much the world may think it blew up. Sparked by the leak of the video, the incident did blow up. It went viral. Here, yeah, just, sure. I feel like we've naturally Is he arrived in the at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another, <laughs> another fellow podcaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. We usually don't talk about other podcasters on our show. But, but yeah. Here okay. we go. All right, we'll make it acceptable. <laughs> so uh, the Warriors looked like they were making a rousing comeback in a game that they uh, could have maybe lost by 25 points, it felt yeah. like, with the, the relentless Sacramento Kings. Uh, they were making a push. They they were trailing by four points. They were on a they 6-0 corralled run. a rebound, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we're about to about to go down court. And uh, uh, you know, it, it was a physical. I'm, I'm not I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not gonna. I don't think that uh, Demontis Sabonis broke the code, mm-hmm. but he kind of collided with Clay Thompson on the rebound. And when he was on the ground, he uh, kind of grabbed Draymond Green's ankle, and Draymond Green responded by stomping on his chest Mm -hmm. and then like Brutus the barber beefcake and then Uh, doing like uh (laughs) like launching himself up like Mm -hmm. like like he was on a slam ball court and also (laughs) weirdly doing um like a wizard of oz-esque uh heel Heel kick yeah yeah yeah. like um (laughs) you're right the heel kick was there it was a little charlie chaplin action from the least Uh, yeah Yeah. And I, I have to say, it's one of the least surprising ejections in NBA history. They kind of just had to figure out, like, they had a long video review, and the entire time I was just getting texts, they're like, that's got to be an ejection. Like, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then while they were reviewing the play the entire time, Draymond Green is barking at 12 people that are flicking him off right to his face. Who, oh, by the way, people. are surrounded by the commissioner of the NBA. Like, the commissioner of the NBA is there. He, Draymond is screaming loudly pussy into the crowd at Adam Silver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And, uh, it's, I didn't get that part. It's wild. And he's also facing 
a lot of guys who um, both look like that graphic of like replies to a Trump tweet, but also mm-hmm. kind of like me. You know, like I'm, I'm not. I don't really look any different than that. Uh, the glasses, the people that the good liars interview for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. And then, uh, you know, it. I think I wish it had just been that there wasn't the element of lobbying for suspensions because obviously that's an easy ejection, and obviously Sabonis. You know, you, you shouldn't grab people's ankles either. And after the game, initially Sabonis was like, you know, what a win. You got to fight. Crazy things happen in the playoffs. And then the Kings realized that Draymond could get suspended. And the Warriors also realized that Draymond can't get, could get suspended. So everybody goes into weird politics mode. Well, I will say the Kings realized that before the – so you have the timeline yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wrong. Sabonis, Sabonis so- just – because yeah. Woj tweeted that Sabonis was getting x-rays on mm-hmm. his lungs and ribs before so Sabonis had left the court. He was like x-rays literally on the gi- lungs. Yeah, yeah. He was literally giving an interview with Lisa Salters or whatever, like as Woj tweeted that he like misscheduled the tweet <laughs> uh, where it should have been ten minutes later than it was. Oh my god. Uh, this whole thing I like is so Steve, dumb. I liked how Steve Kerr decided in the press conference to just not say anything, just to just pretend that he he's didn't see it. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. I was too busy preparing for the next play. It was a reverse Detroit Lions Dan Campbell. It almost. And, yeah. Go ahead. And it's it's insane. <laughs> of course, he saw the play. I it's don't. It, I, no idea. It might be. I don't be speculating here, but I. It kind of seems like Steve Kerr hates Draymond Green. I don't know. It's just kind of a, a hunch. Well, I, I, I think he's. I think he's uh, been at that point since uh, the Jordan Pool punch. But yeah, he, possibly years. Yeah, it he looked, might be a guy he puts up with. It made me think that Steve Kerr was like way more of a sociopath than I'd give him credit for because he just he did not even flinch. At when that blatant lie, yeah. just like mm, didn't see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was like, he was like I was preparing my team, and you know, he didn't even the, name an assistant. He said, and then yeah. one of my coaches came up and said, and I we, think Draymond's getting ejected. We say he brought up the possibility <laughs> of uh, Draymond getting ejected from again something that was going on on the court. I was honestly figuring out a slide side out of bounds play he for honestly sounded like a tobacco executive uh <laughs> testifying to congress <laughs> that was what that answer was like no i i haven't read those studies um are we i'm telling we're, you we're yeah. mostly just uh, thinking about a smooth tobacco flavor um i guess i will say <laughs> as a warrior fan this one was very telling to me that like the Warriors are actually done with Draymond because like normally when something like this happens, Kerr would give the like standard response where he's like, Draymond plays with an edge and sometimes Mm -hmm. he steps over it and we need that edge. And he (laughs) instead opted to say nothing. It was like a real, like my mom said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. No, it's worse. It's more cynical than this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst trope in sports. It's the, this guy has major character flaws. He's an asshole, but it's Uh like, but that's what makes him a good defensive player. It's like, there's maybe a little truth to this. Yeah. <laughs> little runs hot, but this idea that like Draymond hasn't been doing this stuff for 10 years and we've just been like, 
we're fine with it because we win championships. Like, no, man, this is a guy who's always a maniac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you break it down, like Zapruder film style, like if, if Sabonis is on his back at best case scenario, Draymond Green's burned up all of his goodwill because like Joey said, he's hit everybody in the nuts and done all of this stuff for dozens and over a hundred times in his career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sabonis, when you're, when you play basketball as a big guy, Adam, you know, but no, like, no, man. He, <laughs> the guy who went number 50 his whole career, you know, that when you fall on, on your back and you see a big dude about to step on you, you might go like this. And then all of a sudden there's a leg between your arms. And then Draymond's go, like trying to pull away and he steps down. That's the best case scenario, right? I, I think that is the best case scenario, but I also think you're giving Sabonis too much credit. Of, yeah. like, credit. That was a weird thing where they were like, he was protecting his face. And I'm like, that's not where his arms are. Uh, <laughs> um, but what I, I mean, do think they is... They clearly if- are both you know, at fault in their you know, own. Yeah, the, yeah, thing yeah, 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 yeah. the thing about Draymond is when he did the whole walk around, yell at the crowd, you know, all these different things, it does remind me, like you ever have the friend that like gets kicked out of a restaurant and like you get in the car and they're like, man, how about that guy? What an asshole. And you're like, no, yeah. you're the asshole. Yeah. Like, that's what the whole moment was. Yeah, Andy to me. it. That's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> me in Vegas. Yeah. You believe the nerve of that waitress? My uh, God. <laughs> what? what I was going to say though, is normally when Draymond is doing the like, I'm getting kicked out. Like Steph would be the one like calm down Draymond, like walking him out. And Steph just stared at him fucking pissed. Like this was the first time I was like, Oh, Draymond just lost Steph here. Like, yeah. um, I mean, he, he really, so this is the first time he's lost them a game. That's not, well, and I think, I think, I think (laughs) it's weird because in 2016, he did get suspended. Uh, from the finals, which was not good, but uh, it, it was a weird. It was a weird thing for. Uh, hold on, just a second. Is your dog <laughs> touching your microphone, Sean? Uh- <laughs> I'm sorry, that was an intolerably loud uh, bone mm. at my. Anyway, uh, dog was sorry. Got it. All so right. uh, back in 2016, uh, Draymond Green for sure should have been suspended for all the times he kicked Steven Adams or body slamming Michael Beasley. The one thing he actually did get a suspension for though, was some was like kind of incidental. Like LeBron kind of shoved him down and he knocked him over. And like, at the time, no one even noticed that anything had happened. So I think that slap to him like that. Yeah. 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 And, and it wasn't even called a, a foul at the time. And hold on, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sean has a new puppy, guys. Uh, That's what's going on here. (laughs) That dog has 10 million toys. And okay. Um, (laughs) And that that brings us to our sponsor, (laughs) Chewy.com. Promo code Keen. K-E-A-N-E, Keen. Thank you. Yeah. So anyway, this is the first one where, and then last year he got kicked out of a game, but it was kind of like he got, they were already down by 60 in Memphis or whatever. No, 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 no. He got kicked out of the early game when he got, and they were like, that was a flagrant, but like he got two flagrants on one play and they ended up winning. And so there's always been like at least a little bit where it's like, well, the refs were unfair. That guy was a dick here. It's (laughs) like, Oh, that's a bonus thing. Cause especially if he had just like, fallen down or tripped they would have he would have actually gotten the flagrant call on Sabonis and 
I mean, they were going to win the game. And that's I said this no to disre- not, not, not taking any credit I said away this from to the Kings, Andy but, before yeah. we started recording about this. I was like, in my like thousands of hours watching basketball, I have seen a guy falling down, grab a guy's leg probably a hundred times. Yeah. And I've only ever seen the grabber get stomped in the ribs one time. <laughs> one time, one time. Yeah. <laughs> you raise a very good point. Uh, very how, good did, point. how did you feel about Draymond's excuse that uh, his, he had a three-prong case? Uh, one was that his leg had been grabbed twice in two games. Hey, well, that's an accumulation. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> number t- number two... Uh, he didn't even mean to stump because he he needed his leg to to land somewhere. And number three, he would have avoided his chest if he was just more flexible. If he had done more stretching, <laughs> he would not have stomped on a helpless opponent's chest. Uh, I would generally say. <laughs> if you want me to be honest with you, I still don't know how much the world may think it blew up. Sparked by the leak of the video, the incident did blow up. It went viral. I would say it went viral. It went viral. (laughs) He's just promoting his podcast. That's all. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you guys are, well, I don't want to jinx anything, but uh, this is going to be a victory in four or five games for the Denver Nuggets. It's, uh, I mean, come on. They're, they're, they're just better. And Rudy Gobert's hurt psychologically and physically. Uh, they they couldn't i mean it's barely being talked about like we're all nerds and we're all immersed in it so like we know but like they really could use jade mcdaniels right now uh-huh. uh, they could really use uh they could have used uh rudy the other night um you know they're they could use like jared vanderbilt and malik beasley too or walker <laughs> kessler they could use him like uh-huh. a lot of guys they uh say goodbye to lowry marketing they could use lowry marketing <laughs> yeah. they could use d'angelo uh, russell uh yeah no it, it seems weird though kevin like, love they could use kevin Nassel. let's just keep going guys let's see how far we can go they, Sam Cassell, like they had him they seem leaderless. It does seem like a foregone conclusion that we'll win the series. However, we've been through this enough where we all know that someone can get hurt. Someone, uh, can, which is obvious, but someone or the three or four people can have a bad game. And then all of a sudden twice, and then all of a sudden the pressure's on. And, you know, I, I like to think that it's going to be a four or five game series. I don't think it'll be more than six. But, you know, Anthony Edwards could score 40 points. I do think Carl Towns and Rudy Gobert have shown time and again that Rudy less so would talk. But whatever their attitudes are, their perceived attitudes, like they don't deliver. Like I'm I'm so out on them as talented as they are. Like Adam said, Rudy Gobert was great for a long stretch. I'm not saying either of them are bad players. I just feel like Towns won the three point contest and that's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like that feels like, and he acted you know. like he won a championship when it happened. That's right. Uh, yeah. I just the longer the game, I do like, this, what the time more is it in the end of the game? He's like, they had all our plays. <laughs> the longer I do this, man, the more I just think that these guys are all super talented. The mm-hmm. differences is a lot about mentality and connectedness, and and mm-hmm. you know, obviously, talent plays a part in it as well, but. The Nuggets, to me, have gone through a lot of battles, a lot of overcome a lot, figured out who they are. They know who they are. They're all pulling in the same direction. 
And I just think the Timberwolves are a team that has, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, like they're yeah. a talented player, but they don't realize that they don't have all of the institutional knowledge you get from getting your ass kicked in the playoffs by better teams. They just haven't done that enough. And also maybe at this moment in time, don't have the self-reflection to realize that. I mean, mm-hmm. the Nuggets have been humiliated a lot, you know, in their rise and their ascension, and they've overcome a lot, and they've done all these things, and guys have been kicked out and brought in and different things, and I just think Minnesota hasn't been there yet. Yeah, and I mean, who's the who's the team leader of the Minnesota Timberwolves? It's a big part I of mean, it. It might be Anthony Edwards, honestly. It's Anthony I, Edwards. And I that's don't just, think it is. That's just... <laughs> I don't think it is. I mean, it I think will be Carl Anthony Edwards. It will be, but I think it's Carl Anthony Towns. And again, I think yeah. this is part of the problem. Yeah. Again, I love Towns. It's not against him, but mm-hmm. he's not that guy. Yeah, the problem yeah. is, is yeah. it's not Patrick Beverly, which is what... Uh... <laughs> All right. Uh, there's two more specific questions I want to ask you guys before we let you go. And the first one, this is just a general question to the, the room. Uh, do any of you know any billionaires? <laughs> I guess, yes i guess that's that's for me mm-hmm. yeah uh do you want to tell the listeners which billionaire you know you you know yeah i mean i this, <laughs> it could sound like we hang out and we've kept in touch all these years uh religiously but we haven't but uh, i grew up um with the now owners of the phoenix suns justin ishbia and matt ishbia mm-hmm. and in little league my dad and my best friend's dad were like one set of coaches and Justin Ishbia was my age and his dad and this other guy, um, Eric Eager's dad was the other coach. And, you know, for years, I mean, they were like definitely the better team than us um, overall. And Justin was a travel baseball player and Ishbia's have some athleticism, but I do remember like Matt Ishbia, who's like mostly in the spotlight with it. um, You know, he was like, one foot tall and, you know, a, a really cool and sweet guy, but like a mouthy little hustler. And, you know, um, I, I definitely, I definitely grew up with those guys. I'm not, I, you know, I don't talk to them really much at all now, but they were, I definitely remember like thinking like when all that went down, I'm like, you know, unilaterally, we can pretty much all be like, fuck billionaires. Cause of course, mm-hmm. but the you know those those guys are interesting cats and they were always sweethearts and they come oh, i hate to hear this yeah good stock, <laughs> good stock and good hey, we're gonna give us some dirt man what no, they, 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 they just, i remember great, his dad's mortgage pitcher, company really good picture <laughs> i remember his dad and his and the mortgage company and all that and they had a few employees and i think when he retired his dad had like 10 employees <laughs> they got twenty thousand employees it's the yeah. biggest mortgage company in the world like those guys hustled balls, and I'm not saying like work hard, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, and become That's the. What I'm hearing, but <laughs> I, I am saying that of heinous billionaire culture. Um, my experience with the Ishbias was that they were great dudes, and there's a reason that Matt Ishbia was on the 2000 national uh, championship mm-hmm. Michigan State team. Yeah, his name yeah, is yeah, Jesus he's... Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real message of our podcast and why we had you guys on. Um, um, that's cool. So my question for you, uh, knowing the Ishbia's sort of, 
Um, yeah. How is he going to react when Chris Paul dribbles the ball off his foot, falling down it, in Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals to lose the game because yeah, he tried to do a, a grift? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll ship him. He'll do what he did with KD, which is immediately make an impact by shipping him. He wants. Yeah. To, he wants people to. I, I think he wants to be a good, active owner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very much a rah-rah guy. Yeah, that always works. That always he is one hundred percent trading Chris Paul, though. I mean, yeah. he tried to do it already. I, so, uh, yeah. I have a prediction for the funniest thing that could happen this offseason. Oh, is, yeah, this is <laughs> which is uh, after Chris Paul does Chris Paul things and the Suns lose early. Uh, Maddish Bia trades DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul for Clint Capella and Trey Young. That to me and like more, you know, stuff to balance it Whatever, out. But yeah, Chris There's Paul no finally way. that child. Well, there's a 23 year old guy in charge in Atlanta and him <laughs> yeah. finally going to Atlanta after all this time. And this child owner being like, he's the peace, the child king of the, <laughs> the hogs. funniest he did, thing in the world. <laughs> he's been mad about drafting Marvin Williams for <laughs> since he was seven years old. Um, oh my God. Uh, I think I sorry. All I was going to say is I think he'll be aggressive like he is in life. I think he'll make mm-hmm. moves like the, KD thing because he is an attacker and he's on offense. Yeah, just like and he aggressively forecloses on all those houses. All right, um. they, uh, they. I do, I do like that. What made me like him is that he has this blood feud with the uh, Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert that has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it's such an insane story. Like Ishbia and Gilbert are not part of the craziest part, which is that some like third party Ishbia loyalist was like you know you know he banged your wife in college or something and it was like not even it was just so insane like and And uh there was somebody Dan Gilbert was the only guy who didn't vote to approve him as an owner oh yeah 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 he abstained and like the NBA is always 30 zip on all their votes too so hilarious all right there's also apparently some deal where Ishbia Justin Ishbia moved to like an area that was like a wildlife type area and then just like bought it all and like closed it off to the public. And now the people locally are pissed. And uh, so I could understand it, why they'd be mad about that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's <laughs> people stuff guys. They're just like, <laughs> um, all right. The last thing I want to do with you guys, Sean, do you have one more question? Do you have anything else you want to ask our Denver friends? Um, no, I know. I don't have another question for okay. them except uh, do, is, do you, do you consider this a revenge series against Austin rivers? <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel like, yeah i kind of feel like every nba player is always having a revenge game against austin rivers including his own father um i love austin rivers i'm gonna go ahead and say it i don't know if this is unpopular opinion i think he seems like a pretty interesting guy i mean it's an a- unpopular opinion if you're doc rivers so. <laughs> <laughs> that was messed up man no he uh he loved yoke he loved being in denver i think the same of tim conley man i I just get this sense. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm projecting here. Probably am. I just get a sense that the people leave Denver and go to a place like Minnesota. And they're like, what the hell is this? This is all backwards. This sucks. I went from Jokic to towns. I went from, you know, uh, this to that. I just, that's what I think both of those guys feel. But but I went from having draft picks to I've traded them all. Um, (laughs) Austin Rivers is like our, you know, he was like a stray cat. We brought him in and, you know, we kind of liked him. So he he was battered out there by other people. And now he's probably battered there in that horrible locker room that seems to hate each other. He's, he does seem like an okay person. He, he, 
he should not have been playing the amount he was playing in last year. There shouldn't be a thing. Wasn't his fault. There is, uh, absolutely. There shouldn't be such a thing, though, as the Austin Rivers game. In, in the <laughs> Man, I'm going to disagree. That that made it. I, I That was one of my favorite games as a nugget. The Austin Rivers game, given the business to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet you like his tattoos, too, don't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guys. Just, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I want to play a little game with you real quick before we leave. Uh, it's a game I'm going to start playing with every uh, team-specific fan we have on. Uh, I have currently the basketball reference page yes. of the Denver Nuggets career offensive rating leaders. <laughs> okay. Um, just for some just for some context, <laughs> the all-time leader for the Golden State Warriors is uh, Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney. Yeah. Uh, I would believe it. He just aced it. out. He just passed Mario Ellie this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I'll give you a little hint. Um, Nikola Jokic one or Michael Porter one. It's got to be one of Nikola Jokic two. is one, correct. There you go. Um, number two has been, me- we've mentioned him on this podcast. Monte Morris. Monte Morris is three. Oh, so close. Uh, the third greatest Plumlee player in, in Denver Nuggets 10. history. Say that again. Is, uh, is Mason Plumlee in the top 10? Mason Plumlee is not on the list, he's, but he's I would say... And field goal percentage all time, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say a guy kind of in the vein of... He's like uh, if Mason Plumlee was not athletic and also balding is number four. Um, not a current player, but, uh, the baldest player I can think of maybe. Oh, Michael Porter is five, by the way, you said, Michael okay. Porter. <laughs> offensive rating. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ly- Linus Klaza. Oh, oh, boy. I mean, I have to think with, God, I, think, I, uh, I love, recent. oh, I'm on, on, on the, one of my favorite Chris nugs. Anderson. You said he's bald. Yeah, yeah, you male pattern bald, like Larry David bald, not like shaved, cool NBA player bald. Like he's got a Friar Tuck, or he looks yeah. like Jeff Green. Is Almost this guy a, like a Friar Tuck? I would say. Is um, this guy a fake Euro? Yes, he is. He is a fake Euro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I Costa Kufus. Costa Kufus, number four. <laughs> wow. You guys still need number two. Number two is a current nugget. Jamal, right? No, no, he. Oh, Aaron Gordon? No, Aaron Gordon is seven (laughs) all time. (laughs) ACP? Uh, uh, no. Uh, is there anybody left? Bigger man. DeAndre. Not DeAndre. Uh, I don't think he's played quite enough yet. This man wants. Uh, I would say most of the fan base wants this man to play more than DeAndre. Zeke Naji. Zeke Nanji is number two the all time second for best, the Denver Nuggets in offense. The second rating. greatest <laughs> offensive player in Nuggets history. That, that one's actually wild because he doesn't play with Jokic that much. So that's, <laughs> it's especially yeah. weird. Most uh, of these guys are just like close to Jokic. You know? right, like, so, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> five is Michael Porter. Uh, six is a man. I think he's a. Uh, I love this. Six uh, is the man. Six, six is an, the only old player on this list. I would say the only non. He's like modern-ish. He uh, he's Kiki famous. Vandaway. Kiki Vandaway, exactly. Number wow. six didn't even have to bring up his draft history with the Nuggets. All right, another um, another fifty-five. By the way, uh, there you go. yeah. Um, Shout out to 55. Uh, Number eight uh, is 
Number eight and nine were on the same team who were... Uh... Ty Lawson? No. <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> wait, nine... And, wait, oh, hold on. Nine, I, I forgot. Nine, I actually don't think played with eight. Eight um, is a, a New York legend. Carmelo. No. Uh, he's part of that trade, though. Is he hated by the city of Portland? Danilo Gallinari? Danilo Gallinari is number eight. Uh, Number nine is, I would say, a a Colorado um, institution. Chauncey Chauncey Billups. And then number 10. How do I give a hint for number 10? (laughs) Wow. Um, This is going to be great. It's like Michael Cage. Number 10. Well, first of all, do you know who it is? Yes. It's Uh, a name you do recognize. Yes. It's number 10. He played for 10 years in the NBA. Um, He was a shooting guard. He played from 99 to 2009. Um, Robert Pack? He played two Uh, years in Denver. Right. 04, 05, and 05, 06. Is it Andre Miller? No. Uh, I would only, know how to give a hint years? about Andre Miller. Um, he played only two years in Denver? He played only two years in Denver. Shooting guard in that era? Was it... Yeah. Uh, you got Dante Jones? <laughs> it's not Dante Jones, but I would say it's Aaron similar. it's similar to Dante Jones. Ben not Aaron Aflalo. Um, uh, he played for the Mavericks for three years, the Sixers for two years, and the Mavericks... Again, when he was old, his his final year was with Minnesota. Well, I mean, sorry, with Memphis. Wait, it was six years with the Mavericks to start, though? Three years with the Mavericks to start. Okay. Then two years with the Sixers in 0203 and 0304. And he's then two years and he came Denver. to Denver for, to, be con- to play with Andre Dale and Mello. No. He was longer. Um, what um, school did he go to? Why can't I remember? Oh, this is what would you help. say his main skill is? Uh, defense? defense? Yeah. yeah. This is the defensive mold here around that era. I'm trying oh. to think of who they were. They had like DeMar Johnson and mm-hmm. then they had uh, Yakuba Diawara. Oh, oh, I, this can help. Uh, he's an associate head coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers currently. Oh, man. That's, I wish that helped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, he's man. a CBA. He played in the CBA at one point <laughs> in 98, 99. Oh. <laughs> What's his favorite food? Maybe that'll help. Uh, he yeah. went to Clemson. Um, <laughs> I feel like I should know these context clues, but I'm not getting it. Went to Clemson. I'm going to kick myself for not knowing who the shooting guard was in the early go of that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the right before Dante Jones era. So I don't, I'm and he's on who the, it was. He's on the Dirk Nash Finley Mavs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe oh. he's in the Nick Van Exel trade. Oh my God. Hmm. Uh, he, uh, he started two playoff games in uh 2005 and four playoff games in 2006 man this is a bummer i don't know need I'm, the I think initials. Like, yeah. like Corey, his, it's not cory his initials are gb oh oh man i know i i know who you're talking about greg buckner there greg it is greg buckner wow number 10. that's who it was i can't believe <laughs> amazing I the 10th best offensive player yeah, in nuggets history offensive player in nuggets history by the way greg i just want to buckner. share this uh this gallinari fact uh so he got he got traded uh from the knicks pretty early in his nba career to denver and uh his jersey uh was hanging in the front window of the new york italian american uh, museum in Little Italy, and uh, I saw it there, and I was like, "Wow, they're still holding on to Gallinari." This is like 2012, uh, 
Years later, I came back and they actually had Andrea Bargnani on the team at the time. And it was still Gallinari's jersey in the same spot. All right, Gallo guys. seems very Italian, though. It, it fits. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, let's start with Andy. Andy, where can our listeners find you? And uh, what do you want to plug? Anything you want to plug? Um, you can find me on Twitter or anything at Andy Jewett, A-N-D-Y-J-U-E-T-T. Um, in terms of plugging, I have um, a, a television pilot that I filmed um, with Michael Madsen and three of the five Super Troopers dudes and a French actor named Mathilde Olivier, who's incredible. She was um, the French villager in the J.J. Abrams movie Overlord, if you ever saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on 1899 recently on Netflix. Anyway, um, I produced and created a show called Offline that's about life after the internet goes away that is premiering at Denver Series Fest May 7th. It's a big TV festival that happens to be in Denver. So uh, it'll be premiering there. And uh, Eric Stolhansky from Broken Lizard will be there. You should all come out, buy tickets, listen to us talk in a QA. and a It'll be great. Um, Adam, where can our listeners find you in... Uh read you and listen to you i don't i barely write anymore but they can listen to the dnvr nuggets podcast <laughs> or the locked on nuggets podcast if you want a more serious podcast i would say yeah or the dnvr nuggets podcast um great nuggets sean podcast. is there anything you need to plug um you can see me i'm going to be closing things out at the san francisco punchline on tuesday april 25th nice. and then uh yeah um I got a show in, uh, I'll hype the stack on show later. Yeah. Oh, and oh, and my new album has been named uh, America's Uncle Dad. That'll Great. be coming out soon. Uh, perfect. And then as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where <laughs> I don't have them pulled up. Give me one second. Uh, he didn't tweet anything funny in the last month because he's too busy NASCAR driving. But give me one second. Uh, That's right. <laughs> where on three twelve fourteen, I tw- sorry six twelve fourteen, I tweeted just cracked my phone screen and I didn't even drop it. Bent down in skinny jeans, kill me. Uh, Classic. Trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. And uh, he's doing a bit there, or like Jay Weingarten, or what's yeah. happening? <laughs> trust the process and shut it down. Uh, let's all go get x-rays. <laughs> For all the times that you've lost track of your man And all the games you missed when you hurt your hand The broke you and Wiggins apart sent him to Golden State You signed for four years but you could demand a trade And maybe you're a superstar But your defense sucks so you have a bad point differential You still got potential And they could find another coach But you didn't get any better after Coach Thibodeau was gone Still scared of Taz Flipson Flipson just didn't like you and he likes everyone And this Wolves roster was ruined by David Kahn I thought your D would be alright Didn't know you'd play Fortnite But now I know You're never sleeping until dawn Cause if you ain't playing for the wolves that much Then Carl, you should care and love yourself 
And if you think D'Angelo's not helping things, then you should care the love yourself. All those games where you didn't give a fuck. And that song Jimmy made you a cuck. There were games where your jumper looked nice. But you look lost every time Tibbs would yell ice. And maybe you could ask us on, but he doesn't want anyone thinking he's not the head honcho. You could play with Wancho. This team can't hurt anyone. No one can play defense aside from Josh Kogi. The Taylor's an old fogey. Flip's artist didn't like you and he likes everyone. And this Wolves roster was ruined by David Cohen. I thought your D would be alright. Didn't know you'd play for that, but now I know. You never sleep until dawn, cause if you ain't playing for the Wolves that much, then Carl, you should have enough yourself. And if you think D'Angelo's not helping things, then you should have and love yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, the trumpet sounds of Jared Culver. Got the talent to always be our league But you really hated playing with Jeff Teague You're always soaking, your face has a frown Shouldn't have said Ricky Rubio out of town Cause if you hate playing for the Wolves that much Then Carl, you should care and love yourself and if you think D'Angelo's not helping things, then you should care and love yourself. Cause if you hate playing for the wolves that much, then Carl, you should care and love yourself. And if you think D'Angelo's not helping things, then you should care and love yourself. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.